This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex trading-related questions every Monday morning. Now, if you have a question on your mind that is Forex trading-related and you've consumed all the material and you still have that one burning question that you just need answered, what you do is go to nononsenseforex.com slash askvp, fill out that form, and I will get back to you typically within 48 hours. So we are back with episode 34. If you recall, last week I was on the Trading Nut podcast with Cam Hawkins, and a really nice response. Got quite a number of you coming over and checking out the blog and the podcast and the YouTube channel, so welcome. We do podcast every Monday morning and then trading videos almost every Thursday morning. I've been uh, remarkably consistent on the podcast, but the trading videos, unless it's a holiday or I am traveling, they will almost always come on Thursday. And I don't know how my entire 2019 is going to pan out, but I'd imagine I'm staying stateside for most of it. So for those of you brand new to the channel, that is what to expect. But we are officially back now with episode 34. Now, I, I did start getting some different questions than I normally get after uh, my appearance on Cam's podcast. And uh, a lot of Bitcoin questions, which was very strange. I kind of established myself as a, as a Bitcoin novice on the show and didn't really have much of a prediction either way. But that didn't stop some people from using their one question on asking me where I think Bitcoin is going to go. Why are you asking me this? So in order to prevent this question from coming up again, I'll go ahead and address my prediction here. I had to come up with one. Um, but I thought about it and I think of other asset classes and kind of the cycle they go through um, from high to low. And I mentioned before as well that crypto is such a unique entity onto itself. And so it's really hard to predict. But if I were to group them into other asset classes like equities, uh, what I would say is take the old quote from Baron Rothschild. You know, the time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. Um, this, was the, this is the case all the time, really. But most recently, it was the case after the recession. Now, nobody knew when that bottom was going to hit. But for the longest time, it just didn't seem like it was ever going to get any better. And there was still a very healthy fear that everything was going to go down further. I mean, over the span of not even two years, people lost their entire retirement savings. Um, streets that had flourishing businesses all up and down uh, all of a sudden were empty uh, because nobody was buying anymore. Housing had bottomed out. But we didn't know that it bottomed because we'd never gone through anything like this before. And we didn't know what the bottom looked like. You know, there was panic. Maybe not necessarily blood in the streets, but pretty darn close, depending on where you lived. And this was the time that savvy investors that had the money took advantage and got everything super cheap. And if you go all the way back to episode 12 of the podcast, this is the scenario that I want for you. It's going to suck when everything goes down, but it, it's cyclical. It's going to go down anyway. It's just a matter of when. And when it does, I want you all to be in prime position to swoop in and get the things you want on the cheap. So six, seven years down the road, when things cycle back upward fully, you guys were able to make that generational wealth, or at least be well on your way to it, in a very short amount of time. Now, the great thing about the Forex market is it's not like that. I mean, our world just keeps on turning no matter what's going on. Yeah, that's a great luxury that we have. But almost everything else you invest in out there has some sort of intrinsic value, even crypto. It certainly, at least now, has a lot less intrinsic value as, say, gold would. But it is worth something and can be cheap and can be very expensive. 
And gun to my head, if I had to make a prediction, I would say the blood in the streets moment is not there yet. Whoever is controlling the market, in order for something to really hit a bottom for them to send it back up again, they have to get rid of all the weak hands that are holding it, uh, which they have, but you also have to get rid of some of the strong hands too. And in Bitcoin, there's just too many strong hands. There's too many hodlers. No matter how much they've lost up until now, they still really believe in what it's going to do for the future. So my wild, out-of-left-field prediction would be that something would have to happen, like uh, the cost of mining it is going to be more than the cost of Bitcoin itself, which is a big fear. Um, Something else is going to come along to replace the blockchain. Something that is going to be catastrophic, but not really. Uh, Should you be accumulating now? Sure, why not? Um, If you got the money, go ahead. But if what I just said might happen actually does happen or something like it, uh, ignore all the talking heads that say this is it. Crypto's done, crypto's finished. Uh, Because those are exact same talking heads that were wrong about the highs as well. And that's what's really great about the 99%. You can live yourself a great life simply by doing the opposite of what they do. But like I said before, this is not a crypto podcast at all, and it's never going to be. So all of you in the comments section, save your conversations on this for another time. And by another time, I mean just don't. It is the Forex Q&A podcast, and episode 34's question is from Solomon from Kampala, Uganda. Uh, Uganda is not a complete stranger to the podcast or the channel. I would say as far as Africa goes, my top three countries in order are South Africa, Nigeria, and then Kenya, as far as the amount of people that come watch and listen. But then you got a nice little four or five way tie for fourth between Uganda and then Ghana, maybe Namibia and Algeria. I throw Zambia in there as well. Yeah, get about equal response from all five. So wherever you are on the continent, good Monday morning to all of our traders out there in Africa. And Solomon's question is, pulling it up because it's a bit longer. Okay, here we go. Having looked at your algorithm, I'm guessing it includes a currency strength meter of some sort. I got one myself, and I must say it complements the other tools you told us all very well. Do you actually use one, and how do you use it, or is my guess wrong? Okay, let's play short answer, long answer again. Solomon, your guess is wrong. I do not use a currency strength meter. And I will go as far as to say the currency strength meters are rather silly. But they often get confused and lumped in with currency strength indicators, which are a bit less silly. Currency strength indicators actually do have a bit of viability to them. But let's tackle that first one. Currency strength meter gets 14,800 searches worldwide on Google every month. That is as much as the RSI. And that is crazy. I had no idea this thing was as popular as it was. But honestly, traders, I get this question all the time. So I guess it shouldn't have been a surprise. But here's the thing about it. I know when I get this question that I'm typically getting it from brand new traders or traders that have only put a few months in. A currency strength meter or uh, a heat map is another word for it, is a tool that simply just tells you which currencies right now are strong and which ones are weak. And they typically operate off a 24-hour scale. So just based off of the last 24 hours trading data, this is what is strong right now. This is what is weak right now. And I can imagine when you see this for the very first time and you haven't been trading for very long, you're like, oh my God, look at this. Something that tells me what the strong and weak currencies are. 
oh my God, what kind of sorcery has been allowed to have this fantastic tool fall into my lap at this stage of my life? I am so excited. I am going to take over the world right now. Let's ask VP first, though, just to make sure. I mean, I'm sure he's going to give his blessing. Look at this thing. It's amazing. And then what is my response every single time? Uh, No, I don't need a currency strength meter because all I need to do is look at my charts to determine what is strong and what is weak, and I do that every single day. And then I can just feel just the air come out of the poor person I just said that to. Uh, But once they think about it, they know I'm right because I never get any pushback on this. If you need visuals, the blog for this episode is full of visuals. And it shows how when I just rifle through my 28 currency pairs every single day, I know right when I'm done which currencies are strong and which currencies are weak. Your chart is going to make that very clear for you. So for the people out there that thought they had unearthed some kind of buried treasure, I'm sorry. It's not as great as you thought it was, and it doesn't really have a whole lot of predictive value behind it. It just simply tells you what the charts have already told you. Oh, But believe me, that does not stop certain companies from selling currency strength meters. That does not stop dealing desk brokers like Oanda, which are brokers that take the opposite side of the trade as you do so they can make their money, from saying, hey, trader, check out our sweet little currency strength meter. You like? I got more in my van over there. And then you end up getting stuck using a tool that has almost no predictive value. But I will agree, man, does it look good when you first lay eyes on it. Uh, But anytime you see it in the future, you should, one, completely dismiss it, And then two, make sure you're not confusing it with a currency strength indicator. These are different. These tend to look like oscillators that go below your chart, but they have anywhere from two to eight different lines on them, depending on which currencies you have chosen to show. Now, these can be different depending on where you get your indicator from. They can be based on the rate of change, uh, sometimes the RSI, sometimes the CCI. And that's typically not a great start, but what they attempt to do is kind of interesting. You can use them one of two ways that I really know. Uh, You can use it as a two-lines cross indicator. So when the line that represents the euro, for example, crosses the line that represents the dollar, you can enter a trade that way. Or if you're crazy and you hate money, you can wait till both lines are at, at extremes. One is at an extreme high, one is at an extreme low, and then try to trade a reversal that way. Just remember that like equities and like gold, uh, currencies don't really have much of an intrinsic value, so price can just keep going up and up and up and going down and down and down, and you'll be stuck. And if what I just said didn't make a whole lot of sense to you, or you can't quite understand why I don't like reversal trading, I will link the reversals video down below in the show notes and in the description on YouTube. That is one of the most criminally underwatched videos in my entire playlist. But there are people who use this indicator to trade reversals, and I certainly don't endorse that. Uh, It's also pretty hard to find. I'm going to provide a link in the show notes and in the YouTube description that shows one place where you can get one version. But as far as the rest of you go, if you want to go to this podcast on YouTube and go down to the comments section and show good places that you have found to find other versions of the currency strength indicator, feel free to list them. I don't know where the one I had before even went. Um, If I don't like it, I typically don't save it. And then two computer crashes down the road, I don't have any of these things anymore. And I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time looking for it because in the end, traders, I don't use it. I had tested this thing inside and out when I first saw it. I thought it was so amazing. I thought it was the answer to all my prayers. And I did nothing but test this one indicator 
for about an entire week without testing anything else just to see if I could get this thing to work. And over time, I just couldn't. It worked okay. I just had plenty of indicators that worked a lot better. So I kind of gave up the fight on it. But if you want to try it and you want to test it, like I said before, my system is different from yours. Certain indicators may perform better or worse in my system compared to yours. So if you like the idea of it and you want to try it out and test it out, go check out some of the links that are going to be down in the comments section and find a couple that you like, download them, and then start to test them. But here is one difference and one change that I want you to make when you test these indicators out for fans and followers of the no-nonsense Forex way of trading. What the majority of you do is what you're supposed to do. Just test the indicator up against a chart and see how it performs on its own first before separating it into the winners or losers pile and then testing it out against other indicators or testing it out with other indicators. For the currency strength indicator and just for this one, I want you to test it out different because I think it's going to make a big difference in the overall efficiency of how you test this thing out. I wish I had been able to tell this to my former self. If you test out the currency strength indicator, test it with a volume indicator already attached because this thing will give you millions of false signals if there is no real volatility in the market. Because even without a whole lot of volume and volatility, certain currency pairs will still perform better than others. And this indicator is going to reflect that for those reasons. So in this one particular case, test it with your favorite volume or volatility indicator and only measure the results it gives you during those moments where your volume or volatility indicator says go ahead and trade. Because when the volume is not there, and you guys are going to see exactly what I mean when you test this, this thing can be an absolute wreck. So even though I don't really endorse it, there is an outside chance that it might work for you. Just when you test it, remember this one tip. This indicator is very unique to most indicators out there and must be handled accordingly. I would like to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, please remember to go to iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review. Get ready for another trading video on Thursday, a uh, podcast every Monday, and then on the 28th, don't forget, I mentioned this before, we are revealing another piece of the algorithmic structure for you. So set your VCRs for that. But this game never stops, traders. You have nothing but work ahead of you, and that's a beautiful thing. Take a relentless approach. Go get it.